welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we'll be discussing something I know a lot of women ask, the sex rule. Is there one when dating? The golden question, of course, is when is the right time to sleep with someone you are dating? To share the female's perspective, I've invited Monique Sorgan to the show. She was inspired by this topic to write a novel called How Long You Should Wait to Have Sex. Monique has written many TV shows which have aired on Comedy Central, VH1, as well as writing and directing a handful of feature films. She's done a lot of work. I just can't put it all in very quickly to the bio, but check her out. So welcome to the show, Monique. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. So congratulations on your book. Tell me how you decided to write a novel about this topic and the storyline. Well, um, it was sort of a conversation that was always happening amongst my friends at a certain point when, especially when the women got to that age where they were like, why am I not married yet? Yeah. You know? And so when it became much more important to not like, I've learned a lot from having written this book and talking to people about it and seeing who cares about it and who doesn't. And what I found, actually, I'm already digressing, but what I found (laughs) (laughs) is that a lot of women under 25 don't think it's important to wait at all because they haven't yet realized that like how close they are to 30 and then at 30, they're going to be like, Oh, why did you haven't had a boyfriend in so long? You know, they're like, Oh, I can do whatever I want. I'm, you know, sex positive. I can have sex if a guy can have sex. And I remember feeling like that too, when I was younger, but at a certain point, if you do want to build like an intimacy, it does become a more important question. And when I started to notice it a lot was around, uh, leading up to 30 and then also after 30 um it just became like a constant topic like oh i had a great date da, 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 da. so did you guys have sex and then if the answer was like yes it was like okay yeah that'll probably be fine you know but like <laughs> rough <laughs> but like or like or like you know we had the best time we totally had sex i don't know why he hasn't called me you know and then you'd be thinking well probably because you had sex like and this is like not something that we as women appreciate about men's behavior but it has created enough of a pattern that you know i noticed it in my life and i you know, in my life with my friends and with myself. And it became something, you know, it was just kind of like a time when I, when I was writing the book, uh, I actually funny story. I don't admit this out loud too much, but (laughs) I actually wrote it first as a screenplay because I am primarily a screenwriter. And then I adapted the screenplay into a novel, which actually it turns out a screenplay is a fantastic outline for a novel. Um, Oh, great. But so when I started, so that's the reason I mentioned that is because when I started writing the screenplay, which I actually wrote first, it was a time in Hollywood when people were really kind of starting to talk about like, 
oh, we have to write about things that are authentic, that really happen. And then also at this, you know, so I was thinking about like, what are some things in life that would be interesting premises mm-hmm. for a movie? But at the same time, it was a time when I was starting to realize as a woman that I had a whole plethora of stories that applied to me and my gender that hadn't been told before. And it was a time in my life when I really started focusing the majority of the work that I was doing, not for hire, because for hire, you just write whatever they tell you to write. But the work that I was doing on my own time, the stuff like the spec scripts that you want to sell or the TV shows you want to sell, I just really started focusing my career at that point a lot more on like, gosh, you know, we've heard so many stories about men for so long. (laughs) What are the stories that have happened in my life that I haven't seen? And it turned out there were tons, you know, because not very many women have been given voices, especially in Hollywood. So it was kind of a combination of those two elements, you know, the looking for something real and the wanting to write something that was really a female driven story that was like really a female issue that men wouldn't even think to have written this story. And I don't because think they think about this. I don't think in dating for men that they go, when should I sleep with her? I just don't think that happens. They don't. And <laughs> they don't think about it because it's not really a big issue for them. In fact, when I was, this is an interesting thing that happened when I was like trying to get people to proofread the book for me, I gave it to a friend of mine who does a lot of reading of my stuff, who's gay. And he was like, we don't have to think about this at all because all men are like, let's just have sex. (laughs) So in the gay male world, it's not even a question that comes up, which really kind of put it in perspective. And as I did research for the book, and, and even though it's a fictional book about a girl who goes through this crazy story, there is a character in it who is a sexologist PhD, a character called Marty, right? who the main character kind of befriends and starts to represent as a publicist for his books that he's writing about how to achieve the female orgasm and all that kind of stuff. Um, That's perfect for (laughs) us. Well, I mean, he's not, he's not necessarily the love interest, but he's like, (laughs) guy that she befriends and he has all this very intimate researched knowledge. I know that's what I mean, that she can get all this information that she's learning and she's got questions and whatnot. So yeah, so as she starts to realize that this guy, John, that she's going after keeps dumping her right after they have sex. Oh, I should I should first give a setup for (laughs) yes. So the book How Long You Should Wait to Have Sex is about a girl named Samantha, who's a publicist, you know, uh, she's used to controlling everything in her life. And basically, she it comes to the night before she turns 30. It's the night at midnight. She, you know, she's 29 at midnight. She's going to be 30. She plans a big party at a bar and invites like every guy she can possibly call everyone she knows and says, send all your eligible bachelors. I was supposed to meet the man I was going to marry by the time I turned 30. I'm turning 30 at midnight. I only have like six hours left. <laughs> you know, so she gets all these guys to come to this bar. And that night at the bar, she meets a guy named John who coincident, uncoincidentally is there completely randomly and wasn't even sent by one of her friends. He just happens to be at the bar and she falls madly in love with him because he's gorgeous. He's a doctor. He's successful. He's charming. They have like fun, witty banter together. And, you know, she goes home with him and everything's perfect. So she gets in the moment. She has sex with him. It's awesome. She's like, this is great. I'm in love. I did it. I met the guy that I wanted to marry on the night before I turned 30. I accomplished my goal. 
as I planned, you know, and then he never calls her after the sex and she doesn't understand. She's like, I don't understand. I've never gotten along with anybody that well. He was perfect for me. How come he doesn't see that I'm perfect for him? And her friend is like, oh, did you have sex with him? You know, and she starts to realize that that's after seven days of him not calling. And she finally gives up on the idea that he will call. That's when she's like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have had sex with him. I wish I hadn't had sex with him. I was so stupid. Well, just the great double meaning of the American terminology, you know, I wish I hadn't done something. Her, It turns out since it was her birthday, her wish comes true. And she ends up going back to the night of her birthday at the bar and getting another chance to meet him again for the first time and wait longer. And as the book goes, and so she waits for the third date. And then as the book goes on, that's too soon, it turns out also. He still doesn't call her after the third date. Then she waits longer until she thinks he's in love with him and she thinks he's basically said, I love you. And then that doesn't work. And it, you know, she keeps waiting longer and longer until he, she gets a proposal and all this stuff. And she basically has to figure out from going back in time, like Groundhog Day and dating the same guy over and over, how long you are supposed to wait to have sex. And what are the and, lessons that she learns? What are well, some of the- she learns actually a couple lessons. One is that, you know, if a guy's not right for you, he's never going to be right for you, no Mm -hmm. matter how much you wait. Like, But the other lesson, which isn't directly related to how long you wait to have sex, which is another lesson that I really wanted to get in there because it's something I've seen amongst my girlfriends, is that women so often blame themselves when it doesn't work out with a guy. And 99% of the time when a guy doesn't call, it's because of stuff going on in his life. And it has nothing to do with the woman. So that was a side lesson that I also wanted I to like. I love that you said that and that's so true. And should we say that again for anyone out there listening that missed that? Yeah. <laughs> that's a big listen. Like after going back in time and back in time, constantly getting dumped no matter how long she waits for this guy, she at the end she has a line where she goes, oh, my God, it's not me. It's you. Yeah. You know? just meant to flip the famous line it's not you it's me on its head but yeah the point being that women always blame themselves and it's usually not anything the women did or what she wore or how she chewed her food it's just a lot of times the man might not be in a good place to start a relationship he might be getting over another woman he might be having difficulties in his career he might be having health problems like it could be anything but it usually isn't the woman (laughs) Mm. Yes. So that's one lesson. A lesson that I learned, but that isn't necessarily in the book, but that's related to how long you should wait. Yes. Is I mean, so the the book kind of I usually don't like to give away what the book concludes because it's a spoiler and I prefer people read the book, but in this case, since this is what we're here to talk about, you know, I I think she kind of comes to the conclusion that when it's right with the person, it's kind of irrelevant how long you wait. Mm. My feeling about that, though, is that a guy isn't going to know it's right after meeting you at a bar and having witty banter for an hour or two, you know, so like a guy's usually not going to know it's right on the first night. I mean, you do hear these stories of people who like hook up on the first night and get married. I think they're the exception, not the rule. And it does happen. But I think that's because, and this is another thing I kind of realized, guys want you, want women. Guys want women when they think that that woman is at least a little bit out of their league. 
when they think (laughs) the woman is too good for them. And so my sense of when it works on the first night is because a guy has had a chance on that night to realize that he's a lot dorkier than you are, or you're a lot more successful than he is. If it's a situation where he's not intimidated by a woman that has success, because that's problem sometimes or if you're much more gorgeous beautiful than anybody that he ever thought he could land like when a guy thinks that a woman is out of his league then there's a much better chance of him sticking around even if you have sex on the first night but i really think you need to give a guy a time to realize how much better than him you are yeah (laughs) They yeah. don't always know on the first day. You yeah. Know? Do you think sex rules can be also circumstantial as well? Like, for example, because I've got, I needed an example for this one. You might meet someone, connect on the first day, uh, but you don't live in the same city and someone's in the city for a limited amount of time. So this could be a scenario. So I know women would be like, do I sleep with him on the first time considering, you know, I'm only here for two weeks, he's only here for two weeks, or do I play this game, this waiting game, so to speak, because, you know, we're adults? What do you think about that? Well, I think that when someone's just visiting in town, most people's first instinct is to think, well, this isn't going to work for a relationship anyway, because we don't live in the same town. And so I think there is a much higher likelihood of two people jumping into bed together because you don't have that much time, you know, before they go away. And you've kind of, you've kind of dismissed the idea of a relationship with this person on some level already. The problem with that, if I may play devil's advocate to my own self, is that one of the other things I learned from researching the sexologist role and really kind of finding, like researching the topic of how long you should wait to have sex is that there's a reason that men don't worry about how long you wait and women do. And it's not entirely societal. It's a a lot of people believe, and I agree with this, that it's a little bit biological. Sex and intimacy releases certain hormones in a woman's body that cause her to bond to the person that she's been intimate with. Men have the opposite response. And this comes from our our initial nature to either be a man and spread your seed or be a woman and hold on to a child for nine months. Mm-hmm. And because of that biological need for us to bond more quickly after sex and for them to be able to move on and populate the world, what happens is well, women just get really attached after sex. So I know I've had experiences where I've approached a long distance thing like, this guy's great. I wish we lived in the same city. Oh, well, fuck it. I'll have sex with him, you know, because not going to work out anyway. And then the next day they're leaving and I'm sad and I feel attached and I want to visit them and I want them to come back and I want us to try it. Maybe San Francisco is not so far from LA after all. And maybe we can do it. (laughs) You know, a woman will go through this thing in her mind because there's a hormone that sets off. And, and so ever since I learned about that hormone, I, I really kind of made it a mission to myself to let women know that that's a thing they need to look out for to protect themselves because Mm -hmm. men don't have that hormone they don't understand the feeling of being like not that men never get attached after sex if a man already likes you he will get attached more attached after sex but if he's just met you 
his biological response is going to be like, okay, I left my seed there. Where else can I go put my seed? That's his biological response. And when I've talked to men in their 20s about like, hey, why don't you guys take some responsibility for how you're making the woman feel because she has this bonding chemical? They're like, oh, not my problem. I really don't want to know about that. <laughs> you know, like a lot of the men I've spoken yeah. to okay. about the themes in the book, they were just like, rather not know it because it's easier for them to just go around being playboys. It's fun for them. When women try to do the same thing a lot of times, as much, you know, like a guy the next day, he may not be thinking about the girl at all. Like when you're sitting there going, I wonder if he's going to call me. God, it's so rude. I mean, I know it was nothing, but at least, at least he could do is send me a text. You know, the guy is literally not even thinking about you anymore in mm. a lot of these cir circumstances. You know, you're thinking about him because of, I believe, because of that biology, that chemical that was unleashed uh, in you. And the guy is literally, he's thinking about whatever he's doing that day. He's got a tennis match. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so while we're sitting there going, oh, he's so rude. I get, let him have my body. The least he can do is send me a text letting me know that he enjoyed himself or that he's <laughs> thinking about me or, you know, but he's not thinking about you necessarily, you know? Yeah. And that sounds like why we as women generally can maybe this question's a bigger question for us and not really a blimp on the radar for men is because of the biological aspect. I, mean, I, I think that is the fundamental reason why this is a woman's issue. And it goes back to pregnancy again. It just goes back to the need to bond for nine months and carry that baby and then take care of it when it comes out, you know? Mm. Um, and and that is why it's a woman's I mean, I really believe that is why it's a woman's issue and men have a complete like in fact, what I've noticed with men, and this is something women should think about too, is that when they're trying to sleep with you, they will do absolutely anything for you. They will come over an hour away to fix a cabinet you could have just taken out the screwdriver and, and made it tighter yourself. They will take I've met men who started going to church because they like <laughs> who took up cello because like so many times I've asked a man, Oh, how did you get into cello? Well, there was a girl, you know what I mean? Like literally everything that weird that you see a guy get into yoga because he wants to sleep with a girl. Like every, not that these are weird things for guys, guys should want to do all these things. They're very interesting things to do, but like they aren't naturally driven to some of these things. And every time I've asked a guy that I was surprised had a hobby that I didn't think that guy would have, it was always because there was a girl he wanted to sleep with. So it's like, that's the other thing is the only time when women really have all the power is before we sleep with a man. Not that it's entirely should be about power, but like, I'm just observing the behavior of men that you haven't slept with versus men that you have slept with. And I've even noticed in long-term relationships that I've had where I have waited however minimal amount of time that I've had to wait to make them fall in <laughs> love with me, you know, that even within those relationships, the moment I had sex with them, even if it lasted another two years, the power balance dynamic, like the power dynamic changed in the relationship where I could no longer get them to do the, like, for example, I love hiking and I love going to parties and doing outdoorsy things and being around people. And I happen to be someone who dates a lot of introverts. Now in this period of our relationship before sex, I would have had no way to know that they were introverts mm -hmm. because 
they have regularly been game for all the <laughs> horrible things I like to do. And as soon as we have sex, there is ne'er another hiking, ne'er another street fair. All the things I like to do with a lot of these introverts have then disappeared because they never wanted them in the first place. They just wanted to have sex with me. So it's almost like it could be a filter if you do when you do sleep with him. If he's that because that happened, you're like, oh, you're actually the introvert that isn't into what I do. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you would hope, but then don't forget, I've just bonded. Like I've just felt like I waited whatever two weeks or long enough to, <laughs> you know, to feel like you actually like me, and now I like you enough that I trust you enough that I'm willing to share my body with you. You know. Mm. So at that point they know on some maybe subliminal or subconscious level that like I'm hooked now. So I won't leave, even though they're going to say no to all the things that I thought I was getting into that I was so excited. Oh, I found a guy who likes to do all the things I like to do. And then we have sex. And then he doesn't like doing any of those things anymore. Wow. (laughs) I'd still get rid of him. (laughs) Well, you are a stronger woman than I. You know, a lot of times... I have ended up breaking up with those people, just not as quickly as I probably should have. (laughs) Because, by the way, you don't know right away that they've quit doing it because it takes a while to recognize this this isn't just a one-time thing they're saying no to the hiking or having an excuse about something else they need to do. You know, it takes time to realize, oh, this is going to be every time. You know, and by that time, together a few months, you've been spending every day together, you know. And so... But again, like they feel the need to do absolutely anything until they get it, mm. even even if it's going to be a relationship. So that's, again, something that like is related to how long you should wait, because like, how long do you want the guy to keep doing all the stuff you like doing? <laughs> yeah. This is true. This is true. I'm going to throw something else out there, and I understand the biological part, and I know that's a real thing, So, but I'm going to step that to the side here. What about, do you think then women maybe more so than men attached to outcomes then? So yeah. they, they future, although men are very much guilty of this as well, like future planning and attaching to outcomes and having expectations, and it's often when we have expectations and outcomes that we would like to see, that's how disappointments happen because it's not always communicated or we've just put this expectation without communicating it and then something happens and then that's where we start to get pain or sad or feel disappointed or anything like that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's definitely the problem. I mean, I had a friend even when I was very young who said, if you didn't expect anything, you would never have to be disappointed, you know, and I think that's absolutely true. But you can't stop yourself from getting excited when you had like a great moment with the guy, even if that moment lasted a few days or a week or two weeks, even if you waited for sex and he still disappeared afterwards, which does happen, you know, during that connection, you feel like you're speaking the same language. But this happens on both sides where a guy could go on a date and be like, it was a great date. Why is she ghosting me? You know, it happens um, to it, men all the time. Men are actually yeah. a lot more sensitive than women realize. And men tell me this all the time and they're heartbroken and this happened and whatnot yeah. and and definitely get attached a bit more after sex as well. So this is something that really, I've learned. You think, you think after sex? Because I feel like men get attached regardless of sex, whereas women, it's much more related to sex. Like 
you could have a guy who like didn't even kiss a girl on a first date and is totally disappointed that they didn't end up getting married because he already believed that she was, you know, out of his league and therefore that's who he deserved and he should be with her. And she recognized that she was out of his league and didn't go for him and call him for a second date. And they maybe didn't do anything. Maybe they kissed, maybe they did nothing. But like, I've definitely heard a lot of stories about guys who like get disappointed, but it's not necessarily for them, I think, related to sex as much. With women, I think we're much more able to just kind of like take dating with a lot more of a grain of salt until we have sex. Or sometimes it can be, it doesn't have to be actual physical intercourse. It could be some other part of the sex, could be kissed, could be like a really deep, passionate kiss that could cause us to bond. It could be oral. It could be like any form of sex, but definitely when you are penetrated, I mean, think about this. This is something that I don't <laughs> think a lot of people think about. Another person's body is inside of the body, you know, like, yeah. Don't know what that is until they turn like in their fifties and have to get a prostate exam. And it's like the biggest fear of their lives. You know, I just don't think a prostate exam feels as good as sex. <laughs> no, but they actually have a gland. The prostate is actually a G spot for them. So it, it can feel good. That's the thing that some men are surprised with. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but it's in all because, yeah, the butt is not really where, I mean, it's not really for women where we're meant to have like the sen- the sensory parts of our, you know, yeah, yeah. nerves. We don't have the nerves in there so much, but the point is we are getting a person's, a person is coming. Like I had another friend who was very, very spiritual, who basically, uh, felt like, you know, it's not just their body going inside of you. It's their soul. Mm. Right. So depending on your level of spirituality, like there, there's so much to it for a woman. It's like really an invasion of your body you know yeah and it is for men as well like when they ejaculate they've got a energy literally shoots out and I've spoken to men about that that are quite awake and and you know aware of things and they've said that they have actually become a lot more conscious about who they sleep with because they like literally release their ching their life force you know whatever it's mm-hmm. called out as well so it, I suppose it just depends on your awareness of self and awareness and of others and things. Spirituality, if you're into things like yeah. chi energy, then you are really going to be a lot more conscious of it. Yeah, because it's true on both ends when it comes to energy. Yeah, you know. But I also think that you know that's part of why sex is such a primal need and such a great joy and so pleasurable is because you're melding your body with somebody else's and you're melding your soul with somebody else's. Yes. But if you do think of it as melding your soul with somebody else's, then maybe don't start melding your soul with any old person you met when you were drunk at a bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could be melding your soul with somebody who's got a really evil spirit. You know, you just don't know them well enough to know that yet. You know, there's a much greater risk (laughs) to jumping into bed with somebody on so many levels for women, you know. Do you think when sex happens in the dating period that it affects the way that a man sees a woman and a woman sees a man, quote, unquote, girlfriend material, boyfriend material, or do you think we've moved past that because it's modern dating and sex happens maybe a little bit more regularly? now in the dating like or earlier than what it did maybe 20 years ago or something like that 
Yeah, I think uh, people do judge each other. And I also think that we all want to think that we're modern, but we're not modern in we're not modern in our hearts and in the way that we actually respond to casual sex. Like we are just in our brains. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I mean, first through the first part of your question, I have literally had multiple men say to me like, yeah, I hate that I do it, but I do judge women if they sleep with me so fast because my first question is well does she sleep with everybody that fast like I'm not special like it doesn't make a guy feel special when you sleep with him right away it makes him feel like you would have slept with anybody that night if you hadn't met him it would have been somebody else and that's part of the reason that they judge a woman as not being girlfriend material because the woman hasn't made him feel special so this is what one one aspect of it that I've heard from men. Another thing I've realized from men is that because they can have casual sex and just like go sleep with someone and then think not one second about it afterwards. Not that that happens every time. I want to be clear, but I know that a lot of times there are men who go, they have sex with someone, they wake up the next day, go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then they move on with their lives. And mm -hmm. that's the end of their thinking of you. Because they can do that. Most men don't realize that women are reacting differently to the sex, you know? So a lot of times they're thinking you're not girlfriend material, but they're also thinking that you're not thinking they're boyfriend material anyway. So who cares? Because they're thinking that we think the way they think, right? Yeah. So, so basically what I was going to say though about the, about the modern times is like, yeah, we're all more open about like, talking about sex, how much we have sex, maybe having more sex. I mean, look, I've always had a theory. Every time heterosexual sex happens, a man and a woman were there. Therefore, mathematically, women have always had as much sex as men. <laughs> I right? love that. Yes. So I don't really think anything has changed. I think just how much people are, women in particular, are openly admitting to sex is the only thing that maybe has progressed, but I, and I always do see these women who are like, Oh, I can have sex and it doesn't matter. And I feel like they're putting up walls against their natural state a lot of times, because like when you get into it, they're still like going to their friend and being like, yeah, you know, I need to tell you everything about what just happened. And yeah. what, and like, recalling oh that time when I was with John and you know yeah that's just like the time I was with John and it's like I thought you didn't care about the time you were with John and yet you bring it up all the time you know like I don't think guys are doing that so I think that women are like trying to be more like men because frankly it would be a lot more fun for us yes you know and we want to be able to play the same game a man plays because it's just more pleasant yeah, I'm wondering this then. Is it mm -hmm. more so women, we're judging ourselves that more than... That is part of the problem too. No, the men are judging us. Not all of them. There are men yeah. who really don't care. They're, but they're, again, they're an exception. They're not the rule. The majority of men that I've spoken to in this topic are like, I, yeah, oh, I totally judge a woman or I wish I didn't judge a woman, but I do judge women. But the fact is, yeah, women are judging themselves a little bit because of how, what society has yes. done to us. But also women, I think, gain a, f like we have a fear that steps in right after sex that we weren't expecting. 
that the guy won't like us, won't call us, even if like, I can't tell you how many times I picked the worst guy in the club to have sex with because I specifically knew I would never like him. And then I have sex with him. And as casual as I want it to be, I still want him to call me or text me the next day. I still want him to care that I did it. Yeah. You know? Okay. And then next thing I know, I'm stuck caring about a guy who I specifically picked because I hate everything about him, you know? So like, that's an accident that I've had a few times, <laughs> you know, because like, I don't, I, if I thought logically about it in my head, I would know that we have nothing in common. I shouldn't even want you to text. And if we hadn't had sex, I wouldn't want you to text, but because we had sex, I want you to care that we did that. Mm. You know, I, I want to be more special to you. And I think that women can get inside our own heads. And that's another thing to think about when you're deciding how long to wait to sleep with someone is how good am I, be honest with yourself, like how good am I at dealing with the aftermath of having had sex? Like, even if I go into it casually, will I still feel casual about it after it has happened? And it's so easy to think beforehand that you will. And so hard to actually feel casual about it after it happens. I mean, I've almost never succeeded at really, really not caring the next day. You know, yeah. I can think of like maybe one time. And even that time I thought about it for three days. It does take like about three days to get hormones out of your body. So that's something I've heard to women say that as well. It yeah, takes so a couple of days and then it's gone. Too, is if you can just hold out and remind yourself for three days, like it's just three days, I just have to wait and then I won't care about this person anymore. You know, that can be really helpful. <laughs> also in like overcoming when you have casual sex with somebody who doesn't call you or, you know, but like, I can't tell you how many times I have like literally been like that guy you know, he's the opposite of me. I don't like him. He kind of grosses me out, but not in a sexual way. So I'll choose him, you yeah. know? And then I'm like, why isn't he calling me? You know, the sex was good. Shouldn't he want to do it again? Like, oh, that's the other thing. It's like, he, like a woman might want like a boy toy. Like, even if it's casual, you still want to know that you can go back to the same guy again. Mm. You know, like that's a fun thing to have, but guys are fine with going to a new person each time. And again, I think that might come partly also from like the women judging themselves about how many people have you slept with. And like, if you can just have casual sex all the time with one person, then you don't have to sleep with more people and add to your numbers. You yes. See? We um, do that in Australian <laughs> culture, friends with benefits. And I feel like Americans uh -huh. don't really understand it at all. I mean, Americans try to i think yeah, you guys try too. you definitely try but it's definitely not understood <laughs> there is a difference when i start to break it down so i feel like in a, in the australian culture that casual sex friends with benefits it's this merge between it's sort of like a relationship but it's not really and it but, works quite but what well for us in friends with benefits is that you're still friends so you're still bonding with the person more and getting to know them better and like yeah. what i found is a lot of guys in america at least with the th friends and benefits have like a three-month rule because they feel like if you do friends with benefits with someone for more than three months because you have kind of gotten close to them and every time you have sex you don't just show up have sex like a whore and leave you show up you have conversations you set yeah. the moods sometimes you hang out afterwards sometimes you might even spend a whole weekend doing it you know and it feels a little bit like a good friendship where you're also getting pleasure 
And then what happens is guys tend to think I've found if they let it go on for more than three months, then it's really a relationship. So they'll usually like quit at three months at the latest to make sure that the girl understands there's no relationship happening here. Interesting. That's just another observation I've yeah. made. That doesn't happen in Australia. The guys are quite happy to let it roll over, you know. <laughs> you <laughs> just good. might wonder- calm down a bit. That might not be as regular for a bit. That'll get the message across. Right. Well, there's that too. There's like when the friends with benefits like tapers off, that's a problem because like you get used to having it and you're like, wait, I thought we were going to do this every week or every two weeks or every three weeks, whatever your schedule was, you know? And then when you're not getting it as much, then you feel rejected by that. Like, wait a minute. And that's the thing too, with how long you wait to have sex. It's like, there is a feeling of rejection for a woman if she has sex with a man and he doesn't text or call the next day or in the next week. And and it's also true that if he calls or texts two weeks later, the woman's like uh, heart palpitations go up like, Oh my God, he does care, but it's an ego thing too. Mm. You know, there's Definitely. an ego factor. And I don't think men have to deal with that because women aren't expected to make a move after sex. They're expected to wait for a man to make a move after sex. This is you true. Know? I think rules should be broken. If a woman wants to reach out, she could reach out as well. Well, I mean, rules can be broken. Women are welcome to do that. I just found it's very rarely successful because men really need the chase in order to feel like they're with somebody out of their league, in order to feel special, Mm. you know. Well, it's how you do it. It's how you do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe you have some techniques, so go ahead and tell, tell me what they are. <laughs> There's all sorts of tips and advice on this podcast for this sort of stuff. But it's definitely how you say it, and that's definitely something I've learned. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So there's a way, like, you can drop hints with a man without being too, you know, making the plans, but you can drop little seeds for them that they can choose to pick up if they like and it feels like it's their idea or things like that. There's different ways to be able to do things. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree. A woman can drop seeds for the man to pick up, Yeah, which he he may or may not pick up. But I I just think whenever a woman starts making the moves, men can't handle that. Oh, no, it's got to be balanced. I feel like it's got to be balanced. So I but I feel like it's also gets out of balance if the man's always chasing as well and he gets sick of it because then he he wants to know that he's special or that she's interested in him as well so it can become too out of balance where they can feel like i'm always contacting you or i'm always doing this and it's not really reciprocated so i just i believe in balance in the end yeah no and i think that situation usually happens when the woman genuinely isn't that interested in the man and then he finally gets sick of chasing her you know but if a woman is interested in a man i don't think i think the balance is going to happen naturally like she might play hard to get a little bit and when I say play hard to get I I don't necessarily mean it's a game it might not even be out of a game mentality it might just be like she's living her life and she didn't get a chance to take you back text you back right away and it wasn't because she doesn't want to it's just because she's in a meeting or you know women women have lives too (laughs) yes this is true this is true this has been great so I think conclusion is is that we need to stop judging ourselves to begin with and stop judging others and then knowing I think that's great about what you've said as well knowing yourself and how you're going to react and if you can handle something or not you know yourself 
best so you know what situation to put yourself in or not put yourself in. And I also also just a big believer in not attaching to outcomes as well, and that's usually where there's a lot of peace. It can be. I'm not saying it's easy to not attach that's to outcomes. It's difficult. If we no. If we could do that, we'd all be Zen masters, and we would do whatever we wanted at all moments of the day. But that's the part of being human is that we do get excited about the future. And I mean, you're talking about like living in the present and being present yes. in the moment. And that's sort of like the main goal of spirituality and meditation and anybody, but even the highest gurus struggle with that. So I don't think that can be expected of us all the time. And that, you know, well, I agree that it would be fantastic. <laughs> if, yeah. You know, if you could have sex with someone and not get attached to any outcome about it all the time i don't know if i don't i think it's so hard oh i'm not saying you know? it's easy it's definitely <laughs> i'm not saying it's easy i'm saying it's very difficult but it is doable as well and i've i've done many 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 years of practicing this and you get better and better and better over the time but of course you get triggered and things happen or you get excited or whatever happens yeah, but generally maybe you, maybe you just really genuinely don't like those people you're not getting attached to but like what if you meet someone who's like oh my god this guy this is the one i've been waiting for this one has all the boxes checked and I feel so much and we have you know chemistry and like it's hard I still I still have got to myself I've had some experiences over life that I'm definitely like this is exciting this is cool but we'll just see how it unfolds see what happens no one the one thing everyone uh, like doesn't know is the future you can try to make the biggest plans you can try to spell out the future but you just don't know what's coming so I try to live in the this is exciting and this is cool but let's see how it unfolds well that's probably a very very smart way to live and if you can do that you know more power to you yeah that's what I'd say I definitely feel like for myself I have an easier time feeling that way before I've had sex with a person or once I'm in a very long-term relationship with them. Okay, so that's you know? the middle part. It's a little There's bit difficult. The middle part yeah, where you really don't know. There's so much unknown. There's so much limbo and ambiguity, and you don't know if they're going to stick around or not. You know, that part is is kind of scary. Yeah, like until the sex, I'm like, I haven't really committed that much to this person, so I don't care what happens. You know, I like it. It'd be great if it happened, but whatever. But then once you get into the sex, then you're like, okay, now this has gone deeper and now I want it to keep going deeper and now I am attached to a certain outcome. And then after a while, you're like, I'm used to this person. I believe they're here for good or for however long until I can't stand them and they can't stand me anymore. Whatever comes first. Yeah. You know, and then you feel like a little bit more casual again, like you can mm. back your power. Well, I might I need to do a podcast episode on that then, the, the middle part, how to stay present in the middle part. <laughs> yeah, well, like the be- it's really the beginning part. It's the honeymoon phase. Yes. It's the part that's the most fun, but it's also the scariest, you know? Yes. So, yeah, maybe that's what you're next I'm going to do is- a podcast on that for sure. We just got an idea how to stay Yay! present in the honeymoon phase. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> nice. That's thank a good you. one. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to um, have details you. for your book in Amazon. If anyone wants to buy it, check it out. And we're looking forward to it also hopefully on the big screen one day as yeah, well. Yeah, well, there are talks going on right now. It may become a movie very soon. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much, Monique, Thank and you. have a lovely day. 
You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email myquestion at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it.